Amen. So the title of the word I want to share this morning is called Hungering and Thirsting for God. Hungering and Thirsting for God. Now, when I, when I got saved many years ago, actually I was a teenager when I got saved, I was 14, um, but I was 13 and I turned 14 the following week um, when I got saved. I remember very vividly. And around that time, one of the things that really helped me to grow uh, as a Christian was putting time aside and deliberately spending time just listening to worship, praying in my own way, speaking to my own way, allowing the Lord to speak to me as I read the Bible. Just those basic things. And during that time, there was, in fact, there was a song I used to listen to um, consistently called um, Lord, I Thirst for You. So by this guy called Keith Statton, um, old song. But this particular song, I always put it on repeat. And I used to listen to this song literally every single day, repeatedly. Um, I won't go into the words too much, but the, the essence of it is that, Lord, I thirst for you. I long to be in your presence. And when I spent time with him, I always had that in my mind, that, Lord, I just, I just love being in your presence. I just enjoy being just in the midst of you just speaking to me and just, just you know, allowing me to draw closer to you, you know? Um, and without realizing that at the time, when I look back, that at that time, I was, I was actually living a life at that young age um, where I was hungering and thirsting for God. I didn't realize it, but that's what I was doing. And what I didn't appreciate at the time was that my living in that particular way was allowing the Lord to, in a sense, dictate my life. So the way that I made decisions, the way that I thought, my attitude, the way that I related to people, etc. All of these things, because I was living in a way that I was hungry and thirsty for God, the Lord was influencing all of those particular things. And it made me look at my life now and kind of do an analysis. And it challenged me, basically, because the way that I was hungry and thirsty for the Lord then is a, a, a pale reflection of how I am now. And the Lord was saying to me, listen, son, you need to rekindle that hunger and that thirst for me in comparison to how I used to be. And there are a number of reasons as to why there's been a change. Um, but all of those reasons are all in my power to address. There's nothing outside of what I can do to address it. It's all in my power to do so. And I recognize that over a period of time that I became indisciplined in terms of just the way that I use my time and all those kind of things. You know, and I was more into feeding my flesh, doing the things that I wanted to do, as opposed to doing the things that God wanted me to do. Okay? But I'll go into, into that a bit more later. But let's take a, a step back. What does it mean to thirst and hunger for God? To hunger and to thirst, these generally are just natural expressions of the basic human desire and need for food and water. When you hunger for something, you have a desire to, you know, to, to consume, to eat physically. If you thirst for something, you have a desire to drink. And the basic drink, obviously, is water. And one of the clear indications that something is wrong physically in your body is generally when you lose your appetite. If you have no appetite, humanly speaking, and that goes on for a long period of time, in terms of your, your physical being, clearly there's something wrong. And just as your body needs food and water in order to survive, so does our spirit 
need the Lord in order for our spirits to grow and to survive. So to hunger and thirst for God is it's at the very root of our being. God desires, desires for each and every one of us to hunger and thirst for him. And we need to recognize that even when God created us, when he made us, a key part of our purpose is to worship and to hunger and thirst for God. See, anything that was made has a purpose. This microphone that I'm using, its purpose obviously is to, is to amplify my voice. Anything that is made has a purpose and a reason. And when God made each and every one of us, the ultimate purpose of our, our creation was to worship God, was to hunger and thirst for him. And obviously there's many other things, not just that, there's many other things that, there's many other things that God wants to do with us and through us. But at the root of our creation, God designed us to worship him. He designed us to hunger and to thirst for him. Let me show you in scripture, Genesis chapter 1, reading from verse 27 to 28. I don't know if you can get it on the screen as well, but I'll read. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. In other words, control it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. See, God wants us, as his creation, to be fruitful. He wants us to multiply. He wants us to, to subdue, to control the earth. The things around us, God wants us to control the things around us as led by him. But all of this is to be done under the guise of relying on God and recognizing that your need for him or recognizing your need for him through having a hunger and a thirst for the Lord. But see, unfortunately, even this, this was God's original plan, but this changed. And in the same uh, portion of scripture, we can read how this changed because Man sinned. Remember, God's original plan, obviously, when he made Adam and Eve, when he put them in the garden of Eden, there was a plan that God had. He placed them in the garden. He gave them control. So it goes back to God saying to them, subdue, control what's around you. He gave them the instructions. But as we know within the, within the story, within Genesis, Satan came and spoke to Eve, changed and deceived the instruction that God gave to her. Because God said to her, listen, you guys, enjoy, enjoy the garden. Look after the garden. You can do anything you want in terms of controlling it. The only thing you can't do is eat from this tree of knowledge of good and life. Everything else, enjoy, subdue, control, live your life. But then Satan came and deceived Eve. Rather than focusing on all the things that she had or that they had to enjoy in the garden, Satan came and made her focus on the one thing that God said that you shouldn't touch. And that's how the enemy works. He gets us to focus on the, the things that are not even important, but he will use it to be important in order to deceive you. As I said, they had so many things in that garden. You think the tree of, of, the, of the knowledge of good and, uh, of 
a good and evil was the only tree. There were how many other trees in the garden that they could have even joined from? But Satan got them to focus on that one tree because God said not to touch it. And let's quickly read. In Going back to Genesis chapter 3, verse 6 to 15, it says, It says, and when the woman, this is after the devil had come giving his speech, told her, listen, forget what God said. That tree, you need to go and enjoy that tree. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise. See how the devil deceived her. She took of the fruit and ate and gave also unto her husband and he ate. And the Bible says, and the eyes of them both were opened. That's the interesting part. Because there was an innocence that God placed upon them. When he created, when he created uh, Adam and Eve, there was an innocence. God created them, as I said, to worship him. He created them to hunger and thirst for him. That was their focus. But as soon as they disobeyed, the Bible said the eyes were opened to see things that God didn't even want them to see. And this is what, as a result of sin. The Bible says that their eyes were open and they knew they were naked. No one told them they were naked because there was innocence. But as soon as their eyes were opened and they, they disobeyed God, they knew they were naked. The Bible says that and then they, they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons to put around them. And then they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the, in the garden on the cold of day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of, of the Lord among the trees of the garden. And the Lord called unto Adam and said unto him, Where are you? And he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And God said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree that I've commanded you that you should not eat from? And the man said, That woman that you gave me. <laughs> What does it say? The woman that you gave me, she gave me of the tree and I did eat. And the Lord said unto the woman, what is it that you have done? And the woman said, the serpent beguiled me and I did eat. The Lord said unto me, because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle. And then he goes on. And the final part said, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise her head. And now shall bruise his heel. That's another topical together because it was a curse that was placed upon uh, um, human beings as a result of what happened. But that's a, that's a separate thing I'll, I'll come to another time. But because of the sin of Adam and Eve, the original reliance and need for God was broken. It was broken because of sin. And it only took Jesus, well not only, but it took Jesus to die on the cross to reconcile man with God as he did in order to reconcile and restore that which was broken in the Garden of Eden. Now I'm saying all this to say that as a child of God, where there is no hunger for the presence of God is an indicator that something is wrong spiritually. You know, from time to time at home, we speak to um, uh, our children, myself and Lynette, we have discussions here and there. And we speak about elements of, of spiritual things. Sometimes, sometimes it's, I don't know about you other parents, it's, it's, it's difficult at times to speak 
about spiritual matter to your children because obviously they see things naturally as we all do. But then when you're trying to break things down in terms of if you do something, it's not, there's not just a consequence when you do something, but there's also a spiritual consequence. And we're just trying to explain these certain things to them for them to see, and it, it can be difficult at times to do so. But there, what I'm trying to say is that the hunger that God has given to us is a basic human need, as I said before. And it often finds fulfillment in other areas rather than in seeking God. So God has given us a hunger for him. And the way that we respond, the way that we should respond to that hunger is by spending time with him. Reading his word. Praying. Etc., etc. In his presence. These are the things that God wants us to do because there's a hunger that God has placed within us. But then what tends to happen is that where the hunger is there, rather than doing those things, we will then go elsewhere in order to address that hunger as opposed to going to God. And that's exactly what the Lord does not want us to do. It's like, for example, when, when, you, when let's say you haven't eaten the whole day, your belly is talking to you. You know the noise that your belly makes when you haven't eaten. Your belly will make all that kind of noise. And you are hungry. You haven't eaten. In that position, what you should really do is we should even call Marcia to come and even tell us what to do in that position. But in terms of making sure that you're, you're, you, you kind of don't end up eating and feeling sick or whatever, it's better to eat something that is healthy, something that will kind of you know, help to deal with the initial uh, hunger and then you have a good meal afterwards. But what we tend to do is when we're hungry like that, what do we do? We find a quick snack to eat. And half the time that snack is not a, a healthy snack. It's not like you're going to snack on a fruit or whatever. It's something that is not particularly healthy that we eat. And then by eating that snack, what it does is that it takes away your appetite that you need to eat the proper food. So like if you want to have a good meal, a good dinner that's waiting for you, you eat that snack and then you eat it because you want to feel that, that uh, hunger. You eat it, you eat it, you eat it. And then when it comes to time for you to have your dinner to receive and now your body to be ministered to you for that dinner, you don't have an appetite for it anymore. Because the snacking has taken away the appetite. See, spiritually, we do the same thing. Where God wants us to receive the meal that he's given to us through his word. The meal from his presence. Rather than entering into his presence and receiving that meal, we snack here and there. We start taking little things spiritually that in our minds will help us but it's taken away the hunger that God wants to place in us in, our, in order for us to spend time with him. You know, on Friday, um, I think I, was, I mentioned it to Paul, I, I went to the half-night prayer um, meeting. And it was, it was a really powerful time. You know, God's presence was, was there. Everybody was totally engaged. And, and it was even good to see so many young people there as well. Really good to see a lot of teenagers were there. Um, you know, um, in God's presence, it was really, really good. But the theme, different ones were, were, were praying and leading in prayer. But there was a theme as different ones came to share and to pray. And the theme generally was, was around spending time with God, pressing in concerning things of God, um, allowing yourself to hear, just spending time praying, 
using your time deliberately to pray, not just kind of off the cuff, but being deliberate. And I was just just sitting there receiving. I was I was really encouraged and then challenged at the same time because I was reflecting on myself, thinking I need to. These are things I need to address in terms of the time, how I'm using my time, being deliberate in spending time and hearing from God, etc. And obviously, when I was hearing all this, you know, I'd already prepared my word for Sunday. I already prepared this word, but it linked in obviously with what I wanted to share uh, today which is about hungry and thirsty for God. And it's so important that we, are, that we use our time effectively to allow ourselves to hear from God. In fact, even during the prayer meeting, I had a, I had a vision that I'll share um, now. And the vision was this. Is that as we were praying, our different ones were praying, I saw uh, it's like there were bodies, physical bodies, but I couldn't see their faces in the room. And all the bodies were very close together but the bodies all had different conditions. They had some bodies that were kind of bruised and had been beaten. Some bodies that just looked tired, um, tired as in they'd been exerting themselves. They were sweaty, uh, etc. There were some bodies that um, were uh, just just physically not in a very good condition. But they were all kind of, as I said, all close together, all kind of scattered around. And as the uh, vision went on, I was what was highlighted in the room was there were sprinklers above uh, within the room. And then the sprinklers began, to, they came on. And as the water came down, all of the bodies that were uh, touched by the sprinklers, they were all revived. So whatever their condition was, they turned from either being tired, battered, bruised or whatever, to their bodies being receiving strength and receiving uh, uh, just nourishment, etc. And the dream was just simply saying that the, the body represented uh, us, the body of Christ. And individuals, it's in you and I, in our different conditions, where at times we're tired, at times we just don't have energy for things, at times we're, we're, we're um, overwhelmed by what's happening. We feel we've been battered and bruised because of the things in our lives, um, etc. And the sprinklers and the water coming down represented God's spirit. But it was deliberate in the sense that the people have put themselves there it wasn't a random sprinklers from nowhere. The people that placed themselves in a position to be able to receive uh, from these sprinklers, from the Holy Spirit. And it's saying that as you put yourself in a position to allow God to minister to you, to refresh you, to revive you, that's what God will do. But it's by you putting yourself in that position. Listen, God doesn't force anybody to do anything. The Holy Spirit, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that lives inside of us, he will not force you to do anything. Sometimes you can be in a position where there's a temptation that's right in front of you. You know you shouldn't be touching this thing. You know you shouldn't be doing this thing. And you can hear the Holy Spirit. And the way the Holy Spirit works at this, will just whisper, you better just turn away from that. Meanwhile, other noises are taking place. Maybe your friends are there or different ones are there. And they're saying the contrary. But then all you can hear still, silently, you better just take it away take away, come away from this place. That's how the Holy Spirit works. He won't force you, but he will whisper, this is what you should do. Now see, the more we spend time with him, the more that we're in his presence, when the Holy Spirit speaks in that way, there is a reaction that we have. Because we know, ah, God, hey, the Holy Spirit has spoken. Me, I'm off. I'm going. Straight away, because you spent time. So when you hear the Holy Spirit speaking to you, there's a reaction. But then the flip side, 
the less time that you spend in God's presence, when the Holy Spirit speaks in that way, you still hear him. You still hear him. But the response is one of, mm, okay, I've heard you. But boy, this thing looks good. Let me just go and enjoy myself. And then you go and do what you shouldn't be doing. And then you suffer the consequences for it. I want to encourage every single one of you. Look at your schedule. Look at your timing. Begin to prioritize spending time with God. The only person, well not the only person, but the main person that will benefit from it will be you. But as you do so, those around you will benefit as well. Because you'll be passing on the spirit and the presence that God has placed in you to those around you. So it's important, as I mentioned before about this analogy of junk food and snacking. Just as eating unhealthy or junk food can dull your, your appetite, as I said before, it's the same, in the same way, if we do not give sufficient time to spend in God's presence, spiritually our appetite can also be dulled. You know, one of the challenges that I had personally during lockdown was my timing. If I look back during the whole lockdown time frame, my schedule just kind of went out the window. I was working longer. Um, and then, yeah, things that I was kind of doing before that was kind of in, in place just went a bit out the window. And in terms of my relationship with God and spending time, it was a struggle. For me, it was a, it was a real struggle really being deliberate in spending time. And if I'm honest, I was doing a lot of things that were, rather than feeding my spirit, I was doing a lot of things that were feeding my flesh. Now, for example, Netflix and all those kind of things, those things in themselves, they're not good, they're not wrong, they're not, they're, they're not bad. But if you overindulge on those things, what it would do, it would dull your spirit. It would dull your connection with God if you overindulge. At the time, you can be watching your thing, I was, my daughter the other day was watching uh, Blood and Was it Blood and Blood and Water? All those series and all that kind of stuff. I had my own little series. I I I watched one of them ended. I won't I won't say which one. <clears throat> I won't say which one it was. Um, anyway, but yeah, I've I've watched my my few. But where where I recognize for me, I'm saying that I've overindulged on on watching things too much. It's dulled my spirit. And the desire that I should have for the things of God has kind of dwindled. And I recognize that for me, I need to address that. Now, I'm not saying that all of you are the same. All of you are on, on that same you know, situation. But whatever it is that you know that, in a sense, is taking the place of God in your life, I want to encourage you. So now to just re-evaluate, re-prioritize and ensure that you're putting the things of God first. You know, we are now, or many of us, we're in a season where we want to be entertained, if I can put it that way. That's why during lockdown, television, Netflix, all these kind of things were, they made so much money because people are home. So there was so much of a push on just watching and people being entertained. People just, you know, 
yeah, being entertained is, 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 is the key word. And when you think of the things of God, I'm not being funny, but what is it concerning God that entertains you? Or, you know, I'm not saying that God is, should entertain you in any way. But what is it that you think, when you think of God, do you think of entertainment? Do you think of being excited? When was the last time that when it came to things spiritually that you were excited about the things of God? That you were excited, was, you know, you wanted to be entertained in terms of, you know, being excited, being, you know, ministered to in, in one way concerning the things of God. For many of us, you're kind of thinking, I'm not too sure. Some of us are different, maybe, but for many of us, we don't even know. You know, when I first got saved, I remember there was an ex- I had such an excitement. And I'm sure many of you were the same when you first got saved. There was an excitement for the things of God. You just wanted every meeting, I wanted to be there. I wanted to spend time in his presence. I wanted to, to be around, you know, other uh, uh, Christians just to hear and just to kind of feed off uh, their, their, their own kind of excitement. But what is it that excites you concerning the things of God? You know, I, I have to say, um, one thing that really uh, ministered to me was, in fact, I'll, I'll, I'll go back. So the time there was a time at home, and I think I was—I don't know what I was doing. Lynette was on her phone, using her phone, and she was reading—I don't know what she was reading. She was reading something, and she was laughing, 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 laughing. And then as she was laughing, she was saying, "Oh wow, this is amazing!" Blah blah. So I'm thinking that she's on—I um, don't know WhatsApp or whatever, reading something or whatever it was. So I'm like, well, what's, what's, "What's the funny? What's, what are you reading?" And she said to me, um, I'm reading the Bible. Now I was like, hmm? Because me, I read the Bible myself, but I'm not kind of laughing the way that she was laughing. So I said, my, what's he reading? She said, oh no, he just ministered to me. She was, I think she was reading, she was studying different characters in the Bible. So she was studying Esther and different ones or whatever. But as she was studying it, there were things that she was reading that ministered to her. But it was an excitement that came from her as she was reading it. And as, as she was talking, in my head I was thinking, wow, Lord, this is, the, the, this is how the Lord wants us to be in a sense. There's an excitement, there's a hunger for the things of God. And every single one of us can have that as we spend time with him and as we speak to him. And it begins, as I said before, it begins to dictate and change our mindset, change our ways, just change the way that we're thinking to connect us with God. You know, recently there was a, a message was sent out. You know that we have uh, corporate prayer meetings on a day-to-day. Um, so in the evening, 9 to 10 p.m., we have a prayer meeting. Um, 12 o'clock, we have a prayer meeting, blah, blah, blah. Um, throughout the day, 5 a.m., we have, we have prayer meetings. And a message was sent out by one of the coordinators to ask if anybody was able to take uh, the slot on a Saturday, uh, the Saturday uh, slot for prayer um, from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. And I remember I saw it, and in my head I thought, yeah, you're having a laugh. Not be funny. This is, Lord, you have to pray for me. I thought, on a Saturday, praying from 9 to 10 p.m., when that's the time you just want to be relaxing and doing what you're whatever. I said, hey, let's see who's going to respond to that one. Not knowing that my own wife responded. And then when she came to me, she said, yeah, I, thought, I just thought, you know what? I know that day is a bit difficult, but yeah, I just thought, you know what? Let me just pray on that day. What's the big deal? And I said, okay, so if we're going to a wedding or somewhere, or how, how are you going to be praying? He said, I'll just go to the car and I'll pray. 
I thought, wow, I'm being convicted by my wife's passion. Meanwhile, my, my own passion is, is Lord, I need, you need to help me, seriously. But this is how God wants us to be. You're not looking at to make excuses. You just want to serve God. You want to demonstrate God's hunger and thirst for whatever it is that is in your life. And that could be any one of us here. My time is gone. I don't want to um, take up more time. But my prayer for all of us is this, that God will rekindle a hunger and a zeal within every single one of us. Listen, guys, time is short. You know what the next days, weeks will bring. You know, there's so many things, you know, we know about all this petrol nonsense that's taking place. Next week, it, it could be something else. There's so much panic and fear and concern that is in the world that we live in. The only constant and sure thing is God and our relationship with Jesus. That is the one thing that's sure and his word. And as we stand and as we focus on those things, that is where we receive his strength and his encouragement. I want to encourage you to spend your time deliberately in God's presence. Just as that vision that I gave, that people put themselves in that position to receive from God in terms of the spirit touching them and cleansing and restoring them. Put yourself in a position to be receiving from God the strength that he wants to give to you. But it's down to you. So right now, just lift your hands and pray. I just want to pray a general prayer for God to revive our hunger and our thirst for him and for his kingdom. Father, you see your children this morning. Father, you know everyone's position in terms of their relationship with you. You know where we're at. You know where we're at. And as I bring each and every person before you, Lord, I'm praying that for every one of us, no matter what age we are, no matter what position that we're in, that, Lord, that you will give us a renewed hunger and zeal for you and for your kingdom. We want to thirst and hunger for you and for your righteousness. Father, where that thirst has been removed, where we have dulled our own thirst by putting other things in your place, forgive us and have mercy on us. We pray for a new desire to live for you, to serve you, and to honor you. So, Father, I pray, touch your people in the name of Jesus. Amen. Also, I want to give an opportunity for those of you online or here. If, from all that I've said, you don't have a relationship with the Lord, I want to give you an opportunity to know him for yourself. The Bible said, I said before, that it's appointed uh, for all man first to die and then in judgment. The Bible also says you confess your sins, that he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. If you are listening to me this morning, you don't know the Lord, you want to give your heart to him. I want to pray with you right now for the Lord to minister to you and to give you an opportunity for you to know him. So right now, if that's you and you want to receive the Lord, just repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity. I repent of every sin that I've committed. I acknowledge you as my Lord and as my Savior. And I invite you into my life. From this day forward, I choose to live with you, to live for you. And I pray that you will help me and direct me in my life. I thank you for all that you have done and all that you will continue to do. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, well, thank the Lord that you are now a child of God. And I want to give you an opportunity to uh, reach out to us as a church. 
So if you're online uh, and you've prayed that prayer and you've given your heart to the Lord, please just indicate and just put your details in the chat so that we can get in touch with you and help you on your journey. Um, as a church, we want to make sure that you're not left alone. So um, if uh, you don't want to leave your details individually, then whoever invited you to the church, please get in touch with them and they can contact us and then we can uh, make, make contact with you uh, and just help you on your journey to get to know the Lord. Amen.